All right, Bulldog fans, our friends from Tacovas want to remind you that uh, it's festival season, it's concert season, it's sundress season. Yes, it is. And you know you need some nice boots to go along with every bit of that. And Tacovas is your stop for the best in Western wear. Tacovas has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and so much more. All Tacovas boots are made by hand in a very time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacovas has first wear comforts. So no break-in period. You know how tough that can be with a brand new pair of boots. You can put these bad boys on and ride that ride with a smile. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with the same level of style. So stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary beverage or two, shop the new styles, the smell of fresh leather, and a friendly staff are always at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience quite like it. If you can't make it to a store, visit Tacovas. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges shipped right to your door. Go to tacovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Let's face it, friends. We live in uncertain times. Security, probably more important now than ever before. That's why it's important to keep you, your family, your property safe by working with my friends at Eufy. That's E-U-F-Y dot com. Let me tell you a little bit about this new video smart lock they have. It's super cool because basically you get a three-in-one security system here. You can have everything on just one device instead of having it outside of your house look rather tacky because you got all kinds of stuff out there. It's not just about your security, but convenience. No more concerns about losing keys. You can assign passwords to your family members, and you can see who's kind of coming and going. You got that immigrated camera, too. Uh, it's easy to install. You can set it up with just a Phillips screwdriver. You know, you don't have to go to a class on how to use power tools. No drilling required. You get keyless entry. You don't have to worry about fumbling with the keys when you're getting back with a, an armful of groceries, right? How convenient is that? That in and of itself is a great benefit. You get fingerprint recognition. It's unlocking. You got that AI self-learning chip. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You don't have to worry about the battery. It's got a rechargeable battery that can last around four months. And you get a notification before it runs out so you don't have to compromise your family security. You got passcode unlocking, remote control, 2K clear sight, camera. You can see who's at your door. You see these videos online all the time. Don't you think it's time for you to set something up so you can have the peace of mind of knowing that you don't have people constantly going in and out of your property? There's no monthly fee. Unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee, you can have your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage. How cool is that? It's convenient, it's safe, it's a must-have for your home today. If you already have like a video doorbell, you know sometimes people want to come and steal your, your doorbell. You don't have to worry about with, that with this. All right, so let's be sure to visit Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y official.com forward slash video lock. And it's time for you to gain control of your door. Again, that's Eufy. E-U-F-Y. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, coming to you with the crystal clear sound of the new microphone. Happy to, to the reports of, uh, of the people that said, you know what, Steve, I've always heard this, uh, this hum on the show in recent years since I've been producing by myself. So we've upgraded the microphone, and according to... Uh, Longtime supporter Steve Brantley and others, Steve Murph, many others, said so they, they noticed a big difference. So I'm happy to have that resolved. You know, it's like there's just little things in life that are, that are more irritants than problems, and I understand that was an irritation for many, so I'm glad to have resolved that. A lot of good things to talk about today. A lot of things to discuss here on the show. Very excited to be with you. We've had some moisture in the state of Mississippi. I know we've had some uh, a little bit yesterday and a lot today so far this morning in Starkville. Some cooler temperatures on the way as we prepare. For those of you that hadn't, go ahead and make your arrangements to head to Knoxville. I've made my arrangements. Happy to go. Looking forward to making the trip. Was up there this spring for uh, for baseball. Knoxville's a cool little town. It really is. Looking forward to seeing the uh, Mississippi State Bulldogs have a similar result. We go play in Neyland Stadium for the first time in an absolutely long time. 
Looking for our first win at Tennessee since 1986 when Don Smith led the Bulldogs to victory. It was a tremendous win, one of the most memorable wins in Mississippi State history. But I think most people enjoyed the bye week. I know I did. It was. Uh, it's nice to be able to sit down and watch some college football, even though it was kind of a lame schedule. You know, outside of that, you know, Florida Auburn game, there really wasn't any games of note in the SEC. You really, you only had five games. But it was nice to be able to kind of sit and show and watch some college football. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but uh, I, I went to see the Joker, and I, I'm I'm going to move on. From, but I wanted to make sure you guys understand that is a great movie. It it is a tremendous movie, and I can't oversell it. But I will tell you this: this is not this is not a kid friendly show. Okay, you, you don't take your kid, your young kids, to see the Joker. I, I know that all those people are like, well, you know, they love the Marvel stuff. Okay, they uh, they they love Thor, and this is not that movie. Okay, this is a very dark and sinister movie that kind of tells the history of how the Joker became the Joker. It is a mind-blowing trip down memory lane, and uh, the the cinema, the photography is great. If I can get it out, but uh, it is a wonderful film. But do not bring your young children. Repeat, do not bring your young children. And it's not one of these, uh, it's not a salacious type film. It's not an NC-17 type deal, but there, there is some very, very, uh, it's a very violent film, but there's also some, some very disturbing undertones in the film, as you would expect there to be with, uh, you know, kind of the genesis of a supervillain. But it was great. I'll probably go see it again. Absolutely love the film. I want to thank our good friends at Bulldog Burger Company for what they do to allow us to bring you the latest, greatest, and coolest information about the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Very, very happy to partner with Bulldog Burger Company. We went last week, enjoyed the Lauren, enjoyed the spring rolls, had a fine time with the great service, great selection, and great service of Bulldog Burger Company, now available in Tupelo. A lot of great reports out of Tupelo, too, from people that uh, are very happy to have a new place to break bread there in uh, Tupelo. Bulldog Burger Company is the restaurant closest to campus in Starkville in the Cotton District. And now available to serve you right there on Gloucester Street. Two locations to serve you. A great restaurant quality burger can be had by all. We encourage you. Go by and see our friends at Bulldog Burger Company in Starkville and now Tupelo, the place where people go to meet. M-E-A-T. So let's talk a little bit about the, uh, the SEC weekend. And, uh, you know, I, I actually went and attended the uh, Mississippi State baseball doubleheader, two sevens, uh, over the weekend. We'll talk some about that. Very excited about this baseball team. But uh, before we do, let's just kind of talk about it. it. Pretty much the weekend went to script for the most part. You know, uh, LSU uh, knocks off Utah State 42-6. to One of the things that I find a little bit interesting, and maybe it's because I spent 16 years in Baton Rouge, but one of the things that is interesting to me is all of the angst and the, the tears that have been cried because LSU is not allowed to play all their games on Saturday night. Well, listen, Tiger fans, um, welcome to how the other half lives. And when you schedule Utah State, that's what you're going to get, especially on a weekend like that. I mean, you know, there was, you know, three head-to-head conference games. And somebody's got to get the 11 a.m. slot, and it was you. And, and so I don't know if you know this, but the, uh, the, the headline in the Baton Rouge Advocate was coming in hot. And uh, after what we have endured – with all the daytime football in Starkville and uh, this year, uh, I, I kind of laughed at that, to be quite honest with you. I think that the whole thing is ridiculous. But all that being said, LSU continues to look really, really good offensively. They've had some issues defensively, didn't really show on Saturday. Utah State was supposed to be a pretty good offensive team. LSU really made them look, uh, you know, kind of pedestrian. Utah State's a Mountain West team. They're a winning team. They're 3-2, and 2-0 two, two and in their league. will probably be a bowl team. But they didn't look like it on Saturday. LSU will get a big one this weekend for sure. It'll be a great weekend this weekend. It, I mean, just begin to think about how that all shakes down with, uh, you know, with, uh, with LSU Florida. And we'll get to that a little bit later in the show. But I'll tell you, 
if you're just a fan of college football, maybe you're not traveling this weekend, that, that that's one you want to be in front of your TV to see. Very, very excited about the, this weekend's schedule of games. Auburn and Florida, that we got to watch some of that at uh, at Duty Noble. Kept up with it. Rushed home, watched some of the uh some of that game on TV. And thank goodness for DVRs, but I'll tell you. Florida had trouble kind of getting out of their own way, but I thought Florida looked to be the superior team. Florida did what Mississippi State wanted to do defensively. And a lot of that's got to do with the fact that, that, that Florida has a lot more experience and talent on their defensive front. But what Todd Grantham did to Auburn was pretty amazing. You lined up, you controlled the line of scrimmage, you dictate terms to them, you stopped the run, you put them in a situation where they're forced to lean on their freshman quarterback. And as I said on Friday's show, I just can't see a freshman going into the swamp and, and winning that game. I just didn't make a lot of sense to me. Bo Nix is lying 11 for 27, 145 yards, one touchdown, and three interceptions. Three interceptions. And you had to kind of feel like, you know what, if you hold the guy under 50%, under 200 yards, and throw three picks, you're going to win the ball game. Booby Whitlow, 18 carries for 81 yards with a long of 16. Outside of that, not much rushing. Bo Nix, 10 carries for 18 yards. Todd Grantham does what Todd Grantham did, and that's make you one-dimensional. Auburn can scheme you to death, but you got to have athletes, and that's what that was the difference in this ball game. Is Florida had def- had athletes on defense, they had athletes on defense, and they prevented Auburn from doing what they want to do, and they forced them into out of their comfort zone. They forced the game into the lap of Bo Nix, and Bo Nix gave Florida the football game. And listen, you know Florida made some of their own mistakes, and let's be fair about this. You know, Florida probably should have went, went should have won this game going away. They win it, you know, 24-13. But I don't know that the final score is really indicative of how well Florida played. You know, Kyle Trask, 19 of 31, 234 yards, a pair of touchdowns. And it wasn't a dirty play. Uh, and I know Marlon Davidson spoke to Kyle Trask after the ball game, and I thought that was absolute class on behalf of Marlon Davidson, uh, Davidson who is a tremendous football player. But yeah, Mullen kind of let you know, kind of let his emotions get the better of him, and talked about the dirty play. And listen, the bottom line is we need the SEC to be a little more heavy-handed with some of that stuff. But uh, that was not a dirty play. That was just kind of one of those things. That's just football. It's one of those things that happens. Uh, Emory Jones comes out and plays. Uh, had a couple of uh, interesting attempts. He's just not ready. And that's the thing. I think if you're Florida. You've already lost Felipe Franks for the year. you, you got to make sure that Trask remains healthy. LaMichael Perrin rushes for 130 yards. That, that just Florida really looked the part against Auburn. I don't know that that will be the case this weekend. Uh, Missouri destroys Troy 42-10, and really that ball game was over pretty early on. And then Kelly Bryant gets folded up. Looked like a cheap shot to me. I don't like that kind of stuff at all. You know, it's one of those things to to be able to you know kind of deliver a big lick and kind of ring somebody's bell within the the nature, the natural violence of the game. It's another thing to go low on a star player because you're getting your butt beat, and that's how that looked to me. Uh, the health of Kelly Bryant, of course, I, I know a lot of Ole Miss fans immediately. We're hopeful that he would wait and make a full recovery next week. But he, uh, the reports last night out of uh, Columbia, Missouri, is that uh, he he's fine and uh, is expected to be 100% this weekend and that they uh, he's partic- be a full participant in practice. And that's bad news for Ole Miss because Kelly Bryant is a star and he is a great fit for that offense and he's got Missouri playing exceptionally well. And that's one of the things I think when you look at this and you begin to realize – Missouri is one of those teams offensively that's going to be a real problem. They're they're going to they're going to ruin somebody's season in the East. I don't know who it is yet, but they're going to ruin somebody's season. I don't think there's any question. They're they're currently four and one in the league. 
lost a have a bad loss. They're four and one over on one and zero, and they had a bad loss to Wyoming. But uh, you know Kelly Bryant's twelve of nineteen, two twenty one for three touchdowns before he left. And uh, you know Roundtree is a guy that's you know he's coming along. Jonathan Nance with a good ball game. Three catches, eighty one yards. They're they're going to host Ole Miss this weekend, and uh, I I expect Missouri to win that game handily. I know some other people are saying, well, you know, Steve, they got a chance, guys. Listen, you can't be one dimensional in this league offensively for long. Yeah, you you can beat Arkansas, you can beat the Vanderbilts of the world. Yeah, you can score a couple garbage touchdowns here or there before people adjust. But the reality is, and we we noticed some experience, and sometimes we forget that. We, we forget it. But you can't be one-dimensional in this league. Missouri is not one-dimensional. Missouri has a pretty good defense, and Barry Odom's a good coach. They're not, they're not great. They're not an elite defense. But Barry Odom is, is a guy that understands the game. He'll have a good game plan together. Georgia and Tennessee, I, I want to talk about this too because uh, – I'm a, I want to be careful because I, I hate it when people say, well, Steve comes off a little bit preachy at times. But, uh, yeah, I'll be honest with you. I, I kind of say how I feel and, and just kind of let it go. But, uh, you know, Tennessee comes out and, and, and gets a first down, and immediately we have some Mississippi State fans on social media. And they're like, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? Guys, relax a little bit, okay? I mean, it's like we're in a bye week and we're watching Georgia and Tennessee play. And let me tell Georgia trounced. Tennessee trounced Tennessee. Tennessee comes out with a, a freshman quarterback and they have some new wrinkles and they go out and they surprise Georgia a little bit. And let's be honest, who could blame Georgia if they came out a little flat? But they did. And everybody's like, oh, but Tennessee's got a second quarter lead. That's why we play four quarters. How many times have we had a second quarter lead against somebody and blown it? Tennessee's not a good football team. And then there, there's a segment of our fan base right now, they hear me say that, and they're they're talking to their radio and saying, you know, we're not a good football team either. That may or may not be true, but we're better than Tennessee. And we're about to go prove it. Uh, but I love this Georgia team. I like Jake Fromm, love Swift, love their athletes on defense, and that's one of the things, watching Georgia play. You know, they don't have to do a whole lot of stuff. They, they don't, you know, even against Notre Dame, they, they didn't have to bring a ton of – Exotic pressures. They just kind of get out there and out-athlete you. Uh, and I love Cager. I, I, I think he is one of the uh, one of the most underrated players in the country. That guy has such a great catch radius and such a nose for the football. You throw it up there, he will go get it for you. Love him. I absolutely love him. And you know, that's the thing, too. In that second quarter, people, you know, Tennessee goes up 14-10. And then they're outscored 16 nothing the rest of the half. And at that point at the half, I think everybody knew the game was over. And then Tennessee is shut out in the second half. And I really thought Georgia put, take, took the air out of the football late. And it was one day they got a little cute a couple times. But when they just kind of lined up and said, you know what, we're, we're better than you and we're about to prove it, they did. They did. That Tennessee defensive front – is not physical. That Tennessee defensive front is not especially athletic. I think Mississippi State's going to be able to run football against them. Jake Fromm, 24 of 29, 288 yards and two touchdowns, and then saying good old Rocky Top on the way out of the uh, media opportunity in the postgame. Tennessee really struggled offensively outside of that first quarter. Really did. Uh, Mara goes 14 of 28, 259 yards, a couple touchdowns. He started really strong, finished awful. He also took a a corner blitz right in the solar plexus, to borrow a phrase from uh, from Tony Schiavone. Went to the sidelines, wanted to lay down on the sidelines, and then the Tennessee training staff had to to kind of hold him up. Garantano comes in and goes one for five for 14 yards and that was his first pass of the game comes in simplify a route you run a gun across and route you hit him but make no mistake about things 
This is a must-win game for Mississippi State. I think in many ways it's probably a must-win game for Joe Moorhead because, you know, we have already have some people that, that, are, that are fence sitters and some that have already jumped the fence and are already kind of set, already beginning to kind of forecast failure. Uh, I, I expect Mississippi State to come out and play much better in this ballgame. And I don't know that it will be one of these oppressive walkaways. I don't, I don't think State's going to beat Tennessee like Georgia. But I think we're going to go up there and take care of business. But I think a lot of it's going to do it. You've got a lot of undertones, a lot of uh, subplots in this game. You know, Bob Shoup, of course, left Tennessee. It was an absolute train wreck at Tennessee when he was there. And so there's all of that. There's some people that tried to blame, you know, Coach Shoup for that. Wasn't his fault. That whole thing was a complete circus. I know there's a part of him that would love to be able to go up there and kind of stick it to them. It's only human nature. You've got the Bulldogs coming in off a of bye week. I expect Willie Gay to play. We'll be answering that question all week. But I expect the, uh, the, the, the players that would normally be on the travel roster, had we not dealt with the Tudor Gate scenario, I expect those guys to play uh, this weekend. And I think as a result, you're going to see a much better defensive effort. Listen, Tennessee's got some very impressive wide receivers. They've got some guys that can really get out and play. You know, so Mississippi State's going to have to, to get pressure on the quarterback. That's one of the things Tennessee really struggled to do against Georgia. They couldn't get any pass rush. I think the Mississippi State offensive line is due for a really big ball game, and I think they can get that against Tennessee. I thought Georgia really showed the difference in the talent levels between the two programs as well as the strength and conditioning level of the two programs. And Georgia kind of run, won this game without a lot of fanfare. I mean, they just, you know, nothing cute, nothing fancy. Just line up and let's go get it done. Uh, and they did. I thought Tennessee struggled to cover. I thought Tennessee really struggled in many aspects of that ball game. They got off to the big start. And again... <laughs> They start scoring a little bit, and all of a sudden, some of our Mississippi State fans are thinking, "Okay, we're not even going to—we won't win a game the rest of the year." It, it gets tiring, guys. It really does. It, it, it gets tiring, and that's one of the things too that I wanted to mention too. It's like uh, you know, the, before I get to the old Miss stuff, it's like uh, you know, Florida and Auburn, and people said, "Oh, this is embarrassing." Well, how how is it embarrassing the fact that Florida beat Auburn? Florida is a more difficult matchup for Auburn. I've said on this show a couple months ago that I had already circled that as a loss for Mississippi State because Auburn is not a good matchup for Mississippi State. And football is all about matchups. It's not about who wakes up feeling good each day. It's about matchups. Auburn, despite the fact that they're a spread team, they're a power running team. They're going to attack you at the line of scrimmage. And Mississippi State is very inexperienced at defensive line. That's the reality of the situation. Not a great matchup for us. Tennessee, a much better matchup for us. Auburn, a horrendous matchup for us because it's their strength, an experienced offensive line against an inexperienced defensive line with an offensive-minded coach that likes to run the football. You know, let me go ahead and preface this, okay? We're probably going to struggle against Alabama and LSU to stop the run. Okay, go. I mean, go, let's go ahead and get out in front of it. But the the reality of the situation is, is that Florida, because of their experience and their talent at the defensive front, they can rush four, and then drop seven guys in the coverage, and then uh, make a young quarterback force the football into some tight windows and some interceptions. We're not there. That's not where we are. And so you got to begin to look at it and say, well, who, who are the good matchups on the schedule? Well, Tennessee is a good matchup for us. So it makes sense for us that we'd go out there and play, you know, if, if we only got four games to play certain players, we need to go play them in this game that is a winnable game for us. It is a matchup that is favorable for us. And let's go out there and put our best team on the field and go win the ball game. I, I love all of y'all, but some of y'all make my head hurt. Some of y'all embarrass awfully easy. As I mentioned on social media earlier today, for some of those folks, for those people that they get embarrassed so easily, you'd, you'd think maybe they would post less and not open themselves up to further embarrassment. But 
we can all agree that this is a ball game Mississippi State has to win. You have to go into Knoxville and win a ball game. It's not, it's not an easy place to play. Nowhere on the road is going to be fun. But this is a ball game that Mississippi State has got to find a way to go win. I think Mississippi State is the more talented team. Mississippi State is currently favored in this ball game by six and a half. Uh, I expect that line to probably close somewhere, you know, where State's still an, an advantage. But I just, you know, Tennessee's not a good football team. It's as simple as that. And I don't know that Tennessee can beat Mississippi State without Mississippi State's help. But the reality of the situation is this Mississippi State team is still trying to find a sense of itself. I, and I, I had a long discussion with a friend of mine this morning. As great as last year's defense was, I don't know, you know, in most games this year, if we have been special anywhere on defense. The best we have played all year defensively was against Kentucky when Willie Gay was in a ball game. Well, Willie Gay is going to be in the ball game this weekend, and I believe that you're going to see a much different defense with, say, Willie Gay and Lee Autry and, and some of those guys. I, I just think you, you're, going to, you're going to see a better defense. It's the reality of it. And so we'll, we'll come through the Tennessee ball game. We'll win that one. And, again, I don't, I don't think it's a flashy game. I don't think Stegos puts 40 points on the board. You, you probably win the ball game 24 to 14 or 27 to 17, something like that. And you'll look better doing it. But we got to go win the ball game. Uh, also, uh, another source of irritation, you know, Ole Miss beats Vanderbilt as expected. But i, I got to say, Ole Miss beat them maybe with a, a much bigger margin. I thought Ole Miss would win the ball game. I thought Vanderbilt would be able to score just a little bit. They were not. They were not able to score. Ole Miss puts the ball game away uh, late, running the football. You know, from what I saw, I was watching Georgia and Tennessee mainly because we played Tennessee this week. You know, flipping back and forth at times. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of focused on who Mississippi State's going to play. But you, you, you take a peek over there now and again, and I'm sure if Vanderbilt had kept it close, I might have paid a better attention to it. But uh, from what I saw, you, you saw Rich Rodriguez kind of running his scheme. You know, And that's one of the things I thought he did a great job at West Virginia is because of the fact you have to bring those safeties up to stop the run. And especially against, you know, John Rice Plumley is a very talented athlete. He's not a very skilled passer at this point in his college career. So you bring people up, and the next thing you know, if they ever break contain, it's going to be a big, big play. And you saw some of that. And you saw some of the highlights. I mean, you, they get out in space, and you miss a tackle, and it's a touchdown. And John Rice Plumley is, is one of the fastest players in the Southeastern Conference. I mean, that kid can really, really scoot. And so he makes some plays. Jerry Neely makes some plays. Snoop Connor makes some plays. And so they're going to run the football. Uh, I don't think that they're going to have that same success in Missouri. I'll, I will be surprised if they go on the road and play as well as they did. And people are like, well, you know, they, they scored all these points against Alabama. They gave up an awful lot of them too. You know? And it's one of those things that, uh, again, when the game has been decided, there are a lot of times you can go out there and get back to your brand of football. And you know, once once you you don't have to be desperate and start being one dimensional, you just go run your offense. But uh, the reality of the situation is, is I think Ole Miss offensively is it's a little bit better team than uh, maybe people anticipated with John Rice Plumley. What happens though when he has to throw the football? That's going to be the real question. When they get in a ball game, perhaps they get down a little bit because, and, and to his credit, you know they. Um, they have played pretty well, you know, with the lead. And so uh, certainly, certainly dynamic player and uh, probably playing above his years right now. But he is a competitive guy. And I know a lot of people that have known him for a long time. Uh, matter of fact, uh, you know, his dad grew up not too far from me. So uh, not the least bit surprised that, uh, that he is not one of these guys that just accepts the natural order of things. But, uh, you know, Ole Miss played well against Vanderbilt won the ball game, and then they will uh, have an opportunity to play again this week. So uh, let's look ahead here. I know some of you guys like to have a little skin in the game, that it's not enough just to pick the winners. It's not enough to uh, to be excited about college football. You want to have some skin in the game. And if you're one of those folks, let me encourage you to visit our friends at mybookie.ag. Longtime sponsors of the Boneyard during football season. Got several listeners that have had a good experience there. You know, it the reality of the situation is this, is that it, it's not just who you're betting on, it's who you're betting with. 
You want to be able to work with people that have some level of integrity, and that's exactly what you're going to get with mybookie.ag. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, let me encourage you to use promo code Boneyard, B-O-N-E-Y-A-R-D, and they will match your initial deposit up to 100%. That's correct. Right out of the gate, you're already playing with some house money. So that is your incentive to get going. We're happy to offer that to you if you're one of those kind of folks that, uh, you know, maybe you like payouts. Maybe you like the ability to kind of put your money where your mouth is. So if you're one of those folks, let me encourage you, use mybookie.ag. Again, that's mybookie.ag. Use promo code Boneyard, B-O-N-E-Y-A-R-D. So let's look ahead here. Mississippi State uh, had the uh, baseball scrimmage over the weekend. A few things that I wanted to talk about in that respect. Okay, Christian McLeod started that first game and he looked to be as advertised. A lot of people have kind of been curious to see him in action. We got a chance to see him this weekend. He has had a very good fall. Uh, he is a guy that is rounding back into good health. He looks like a bona fide SEC weekend guy. The only hit he gave up was a little blooper, that just, a little bleeder that just kind of got up there behind the mound. Somebody you know, just happened to get a bat on the ball that wasn't anything impressive. He punched a couple guys out, and he's he is an imposing figure on the mound. I mean, he really you see him up there, and you think, okay, this is what this is what a professional baseball prospect looks like as a pitcher. There's no question, he looks tremendous, and he has the stuff to match. That's the thing with him. You know, we we were we were told last year that he was a guy that could have helped Mississippi State had he not gotten sick. And so now that he's back in a good form, you begin to tell yourself, okay, yeah, that this is all the hype around this guy is legit. Elijah Magnamy told me last year that uh, he expected Christian McLeod to be a first rounder. Thought Eric Sarantola could be a first rounder. You know, that's the thing when you begin to look at what you've got coming back. You, you know what you've got with JT again, but then you have Christian McLeod uh, probably in the mix on Sundays, I would think. I, you know, they'll figure all that out. They're getting close to them. I mean, we've only got a little bit of fall baseball left. But the reality of the situation is, is that Christian McLeod looks to be a bona fide SEC weekend guy. A lot of people have wondered about the leadoff spot. Rowdy Jordan had a good ball game, a couple good ball games. And the main thing is defensively, you know, you, you kind of know what to expect with Rowdy. And he's been a slow starter the last couple of years. But remember last year, I think there was a deal where he lost his goggles or something. Um, well, he's swinging it pretty well right now. Really hitting the baseball well, barreling some things up. Played a really good center field. And uh, we're still figuring some things out in those corner outfield spots. I know Tanner Allen's playing some in right field. But I think Rowdy kind of gives you some options there. And that's the thing that we, we always talk about in baseball you got to be strong up the middle. I think Mississippi State will be. Jordan Westberg looks good. Justin Foskey looks good. Rowdy looks good. Uh, you've got some very talented options at catcher. We're going to be solid at the middle. And I think Rowdy, it's, it's some different angles out there, but it, but it looks pretty natural to him. You know what I'm saying? It's not one of those deals where he's out there and it, you know he's just running things down and, and it's a struggle. Uh you know, Jake made it look so easy for four years. I think we kind of got spoiled of that. But I, th- I think Rowdy is such a good athlete that, uh, you know, he's able to do that too. Don't know if he has that same first step that Jake had. You know, Jake is one of those kind of guys that can almost anticipate where a ball was going to be. But I think Rowdy will get there. Uh, so I'm, I'm pretty happy with him there. Uh, we, we mentioned Tanner Allen going to right. Did, just didn't get much out there. I mean, I, I didn't see much out there. I, I know that it's going to be a transition for him. You know, he, he was a guy last year we even tried someone to fall at second base because we were just trying to find some answers there at second. But uh, Tanner Allen swinging the bat really, really well. And uh, we'll probably end up in right field. But that, you know, Brent Rooker put out there for a while before we moved into first base. But the reality is, you know, Tanner Allen's going to be in the lineup somewhere. It's just a matter of, uh, you know, finding the right mix at first. Josh Hatcher really looks the part over there at first base. Real fluid, good footwork can scoop, can reach, good stretch. Uh, not really swinging it real well right now. Just not seeing the baseball real well, you can tell. But he'll figure that out. You know, Josh is a good offensive player uh, from Mississippi State, but uh, I'm eager to see what he can do You know, with the full season under his belt. 
kind of an abbreviated season uh, as a freshman, and now he's part of this core group of juniors. But uh, Brandon Pimentel hit the baseball well, got robbed of a home run. I, I thought that uh, he barreled some things up. I don't know that he's quite as impressive physically as Josh Hatcher is, but uh, did a good job in, in that second ball game. So you've got some options there, I think, that will allow you to keep Tanner Allen in, in, in the outfield. Now it's just a matter of kind of figuring some other things out. One of the guys in the mix for all that is Noah Fondren. Noah Fondren out of Coleman, Alabama. Real, I was really impressed with him, I'll tell you. He, he is not one of these guys that's going to go up there and hit you 10 home runs. That's not his game. But, man, he is a very, very polished hitter. He hits the ball where it is. Doesn't try to, he doesn't try to pull that outside pitch and ground the ball right back up the middle uh, to, to one of the middle infielders for a double play. He really, really, really plays well. Um, can use all fields. Hits the ball with some authority. Uh, you know, not just a punch and Judy guy, but he you know, he's a doubles hitter, and uh, really, really plays hard. Uh, legged out one ball for a double that uh, most players would have just kind of been content to hold it first. Really impressed with his approach to the game and his ability at the plate. It's a point of contact issue. You know, I know we talked about it on the show sometimes, and this is the guy that clearly understands you have to to hit pitches where they are. You can't go up there and just try to yank everything out of the yard. So I don't know where he fits. You know, maybe he's in left, maybe he's a DH, maybe he's uh, maybe he gets a mix at third, I don't know. But speaking of third, Keegan James' younger brother Cameron James really looks like the dude. And, uh, you know, he's still figuring this college pitching thing out as a hitter, and he'll be fine. You know, this, this is a guy that we think has Major League Baseball potential. But every play at third base, he made it look so incredibly easy. I mean, everything looked routine. There was a couple of balls he put off the short hop, settles himself, fires across the diamond. Uh, he is your future shortstop. You know, he'll he'll kind of get acclimated to the college game at third base this year and then slot over next year after Jordan Westberg uh, signs a major league baseball contract. But I was real impressed with Cameron. You know, and, and he's one of those kind of guys, too. Not everybody is as impressive as their measurables, but he is. I mean, he is a long, lean, athletic guy. Uh, great range over there, good arm. This is a guy that's going to be – he will be a fan favorite. You just kind of get a sense with him that he is a, a really, really solid baseball player. Very happy to have him. But, he, you know, he's a guy you got to get some A-Bs for. You know, you probably see him a lot in these non-conference games. But, you know, third base has been a bit of an adventure for Mississippi State. I mean, really, you go back to the 2013, you know, SEC championship season, you know, we, we moved Gavin Collins some catcher back there to third – uh, and then last year, you know, you had uh, you had Gunnar Halter and you had Marshall Gilbert over there. And, and even when Marshall Gilbert made the plays, I mean, it, it was all – you always kind of held your breath when the ball was hit to third base. I, I just don't – there's a lot more confidence already watching Cameron James over there. You just – he just kind of makes it all look easy. He's a baseball player. And that's one of the things, again, you know, Gunnar Halter, not a third baseman. Marshall Gilbert, not a third baseman, but we needed to find somebody to play there. You know, we had Foskey there and had to move him over to second base, you know, and so it's like to have a guy that can come in and just kind of naturally play that position this year, it, it alleviates another concern that it's kind of been a burden to Bulldog Saddle for a while now. But uh, really excited about Cameron. Uh, Pitching-wise, I think things were a little bit interesting. Um, we mentioned Christian McLeod. There were a couple other guys that really stood out to me one of us being Jackson Forrester. Really, really, really impressed with his arm action. You know, he's one of those guys that uh, he doesn't have a real traditional delivery, but uh, he's kind of a max effort guy too. You know, he, he's one of those guys that really comes out there and uh, once he pushes off the rubber, he's coming home. You know, he's not trying to be cute. He's not trying to get out there and, and, uh, and, and you know, play games with you. He's, he's going to get you out. And uh, one of the things that I was so impressed with is despite the fact that he's a little bit unorthodox at times in his delivery, all three of his pitches, he has a three-pitch mix, but it all comes out of the same arm slot. And uh, in the limited time, I guess he I guess he went one inning. But uh, really impressed with him, and I think he's a guy that will help us this year. I don't think there's any question that uh, he's a guy that coming in a relief role and, and, and get some outs for you. Be interested to see how well he can hold runners with that higher leg kick, but uh, impressed with what he had. And then uh, Carlisle Kostler, 
and I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong. Um, but Carlisle is the a grad transfer from southeastern Louisiana, originally from Vicksburg, Mississippi. And for those of you longtime Mississippi State baseball fans, he kind of has a John Harden quality changeup. I mean, it is really, really impressive. There were some times that he would bear back and throw it, and, and all of a sudden it looks like the fastball, and the hitters are so far out in front of it, it's almost comical. Really like him. He'll be a factor for sure. I don't know if he's a mid-reliever or a midweek starter or whatever, but he is a guy that is going to help this team. Really, really impressed with him. Throw strikes, work both sides of the plate, keeps the ball down, pitches like a veteran guy. And that's one of the things when you begin to think these grad transfer guys, you bring them in to kind of fill roles. You don't want to have to do a lot of coaching. You're doing some fine-tuning there. But uh, very, very impressed with what I saw from him. And I think uh, most everybody in attendance was as well. Uh, Jack Egan, Spencer Price didn't have great days. Uh, Egan kind of struggled some with control. And Spencer Price did a little bit too. And here's the thing about Spencer Price. You know, a couple of years ago, he was Mississippi State's closer and uh, had the injury. And then last year, you know, he kind of struggled to get back into form. And, uh, you know, this is a big year for him. Wasn't exactly sure what his plans were this year. But, uh, you know, he left some balls up and uh, and paid for it and gave up a three-run home run uh, into the uh, right field courtyard out there whatever they're calling that area out there I mean it was an absolute bomb and uh you know he's in that situation because uh you know Egan had trouble controlling walk some guys and you know this he is a guy that's going to be a matchup guy to bullpen for left-handers and so so that's not good both of those guys they're going to need to step up uh, because there's some some of these junior college some of these newcomers uh they're going to come in there and they're going to try to find a way to, to, to earn a spot for themselves the big concern of the weekends Brandon Smith got hurt not sure how serious it is. Was not um, anything that anybody uh, was quick to, to offer a diagnosis of. He strikes out the first two guys he sees. And then uh, it got a little erratic, and then he just walks off the mound. Just walks off the mound, and then they um, they had to make a change. And, you know, that's uh, it's one of those things – when something like that happens, when you see a guy just walk off the mound, not finish an inning, it, it is immediate concern for you. Especially after some of the arm injuries that we've had in recent years here. But when you see a guy just walk off the mound, not wait for the coach to come out there, not wait for his catcher, not try a couple warm-up tosses to get loose. He just walked off the mound. So we'll know in a couple days. Not exactly sure what uh, Coach Lamontis will be willing to reveal, but the bottom line is this, is that is the immediate concern because Brandon Smith's a guy that, that, that gave good innings to Mississippi State last year because he is a strike thrower, and a lot of people expected him to compete for a weekend spot or possibly the closer role this year. And so now that is in somewhat up in the air. So we'll see. But uh, Mississippi State looked good, won that second ball game pretty handily. Uh, had the lead in the first game, and that's when uh, – you had that one bad inning with uh, with Egan and, and Price, and uh, we give up five runs in the inning, and we go from a 4-2 lead to a 7-4 deficit. Worked our way back and, and really didn't play a lot of the Bulldog regulars in that second game and won that game pretty handily. Really hit the baseball pretty well in that ball game. And in the first game, you know, your top four hitters, you know, Jordan Westberg really swung the bat well, really swung the bat well. And uh, it was good to see him kind of turn on that inside fastball and take it in the left field rather than take it, as we've seen before. Uh, but really really excited about what those guys showed. But the bottom half of the order really didn't have much of a contribution in the ballgame. Much different case the second time through. Noah Fondren, of course, going 4-4. Four four. Uh, Brandon Pimentel hit the baseball really, really well. But uh, some guys out there making some things happen, for sure. I want to remind you, too, our good friends at Campus Bookmark, they're here to serve you. A Stark Billing and Institution Stan Ray, Miss Kathy Brown, the lovely, talented Susie, the whole crew there. They will treat you like family because you are family. It's time for you to rep the brand if you hadn't done it already. Go visit them at campusbookmart.net. You can find all the maroon and white fashions uh, that you need to, uh, to get going. Everybody in your family could use a new Mississippi State shirt. The weather's turned a little bit cool. Maybe it's time to get those hoodies or sweatshirts. It's time. 
By being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a phrase that pays. That phrase is BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that'll get you free shipping on all orders over $50. And any order less than $50 is absolutely incomplete. So we encourage you to go ahead and handle that. Be excited about it. Feel good about it. Campusbookmart.net, promo code BSR. So before we get out of here, I'll give you a few minutes about some recruiting stuff. Spent uh, spent Friday night in Tupelo, Mississippi. Olive Branch High School was there, as you guys are aware. Mississippi State recruiting a couple of guys there from Olive Branch High. The state currently holding the commitment of a Tupelo sophomore, Jacarius Clayton. And uh, listen, there, uh, there are some big players coming up. Uh, 99 for Olive Branch. Walter Nolan, that's a name to remember. You know, a few years ago, you guys first heard of Jeffrey Simmons, and you got excited about this. No one is kind of cut from the same cloth. He is a major, major player. Major, major player. Mississippi State's already offered. Tennessee's offered and some others. He is a guy that 2022, maybe you're not ready to get that far ahead in recruiting, but let me just tell you, he is a guy that you'll be hearing about a lot in the next couple years. Looking to the 2020 class, Mississippi State currently holds the commitment of Jevin Banks, who was outstanding, absolutely outstanding. You know, watching film of him back in the spring, I really liked the way he carried himself on the field. He was a guy that played with high energy and a guy that you just kind of expected big things from. And then watching him play, despite the fact that he's probably carrying, you know, 255, 260 pounds, he gets out and he'll buzz the flaps. He gets out there and he, he can cover a little bit. He had an interception. He had a scoop and score. He's everywhere around the football. And one of the things I love most about Banks is that whatever they want to do, he's involved in offensively or defensively. There are times they go out there and they'll run a two tight end set and they'll put no one on one side and Banks on the other. And uh, you've got Xavier Hill over there at left tackle. They'll just line up and just plow you in the ground. Olive Branch really plays a physical brand of football. And uh, I just like the fact that Jevin Banks is involved in everything. You know, he, he's he's out there. He, he never leaves the field. I mean, he's just one of those guys that uh, is just a football player. Now, I expect him to play with his hand on the ground, and so does he. You know, there's a lot of people to say that, you know, he might be a defensive end. He could be a five-tech, I guess, but I, I, I think he probably grows into a three-tech. I mean, this is a guy that's uh, he's already 260 pounds or so right now, and he's got the frame to carry some more weight. So I, I could see him as a guy – uh, that plays on the interior, but uh, really like him. And, and that's another thing, too. When you see guys that are as quick twitch as him and then you make defensive linemen out of them, that leads to immediate pass rush. Really, really like him a lot. Now, all the discussion last week was about Xavier Hill, and we've talked about on Gene's page, Paul Jones and I have for a couple of weeks now, really longer than that. And Mississippi State was a lot more in the Xavier Hill thing than out of it. And so as a result, I think a lot of people felt, okay, well, let's just see where this thing goes after we get a visit. Well, now he has backed off of that commitment. Uh, I was told Kentucky weekend when he visited the Mississippi State campus that he was uh, thinking about, um, you know, more about Mississippi State, but that, that he was no longer committed to Alabama and had not made it public. Well, it is now public, and I had a chance to speak to him, and you can read that article over on jeanspage.com right now. It is a VIP article, so it is for members only. And you can become a member for two months for just $1 today if you do it by midnight. Take advantage of that offer. It's an article right there on the front page. But you can go read that today. Uh, And this is going to be one of those things that really heats up. He hadn't set the date for his official visit. I suspect it will be that first big weekend in December. We'll get through state championship weekend, I think, and then we'll be ready to go. But uh, State's very much in the mix there. He tells me, you know, Alabama – LSU, Mississippi State, Ole Miss a little bit, Tennessee a little bit, A&M a little bit, said that uh, those are kind of the schools he's focused on, and then we'll just kind of go from here and see how it goes. But the reality of the situation is this is another offensive line situation where Coach Marcus Johnson has simply stayed on this guy. As Charles Cross committed to Florida State last year, Marcus was not intimidated by that and did not refrain from recruiting him. In this situation here, Xavier Hill commits to Alabama, and rather than give up on it, Marcus Johnson doubles down. Alabama was there for the first half on uh, Friday night. Marcus Johnson there the whole ball game. And I don't know how much that factors into the into the, the mix of things. I don't know how much those kids look at that and say, you know what? But here's the reality of the situation: late in that ball game, when Olive Branch is putting the game away, Marcus Johnson's over there on Olive Branch sideline, not intermingling with the players, but he's over there on their side of the field. 
I'm sure Xavier Hill's parents saw him. I know that Xavier Hill saw him. But Alabama had already picked up and gone home. And so, again, I think that's kind of a microcosm of where things are. Alabama got there early, worked hard, did a good job, weren't able to sustain. And now Mississippi State, they're there the whole ball game. And Alabama was off this weekend too. It's not like Flood had to get back, catch a plan, and go coach a ball game. Don't know how much that factors in the end, but I thought it, I just, I thought it was interesting. Thought it was interesting. Well, folks, it's going to do it for today. If you hadn't done so, please go to starkvillainsthebook.com to pre-order your copies of the book. We're about two weeks away, about two weeks away from release. About two weeks away, and you'll have those books in your hand. I'm eager for you guys to have it. And if you're looking for Stark Villain t-shirts and hoodies, you can find those at starkvillains.com. Appreciate your support all these years, man. It's been so great. Can't wait for you guys to have that book. It seems like it's been forever since I got done writing it. But it's one of those things that uh, it's, just, it's a process. It takes some time. But the reality is you guys are going to have it soon, and we'll have book signings all over the state of Mississippi and beyond. Looking forward to getting out there and meeting you guys and looking forward to this weekend and getting on the road and going to Knoxville, Tennessee and bringing back a big victory for Mississippi State. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends and enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. Did you know using your browser in incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? Take back your privacy with IPVanish VPN. Just one tap and all your data, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be instantly protected. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. Use IPVanish on all your devices, anytime you go online at home and especially on public Wi-Fi. Get IPVanish now for 70% off a yearly plan with this exclusive offer at IPVanish.com audio. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.